Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. And joining me is our favorite Rockets expert, Frank with Rockets Chop Shop. Check out his latest video breakdowns on the Rockets Chop Shop YouTube channel. And it's always great to see you, Frank. And man, I've got a little exercise that I want to do with you in this one. I want to make you kind of a combo coach general manager. Are you ready to be put in charge? I'm ready to be Greg Popovich. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The old school, uh, both, both jobs here. And like a yeah. genie, I'm going to give you three wishes <laughs> or really three changes, either as a coach or GM that you'd love to see the team make. Let's go one at a time and okay. also react as we go along. What's your first one? What's number one for you? Number one for me, and, and just real quick before we start, uh, very funny that uh, you kept my title up with Ben DuBose on the show. Thank you for that. <laughs> Free advertising for the chop shop while I'm not on. Um, but number one for me is definitely if I'm the general, I'm going to sit in my general manager seat and I'm going with fixing our bench. Right now, Rafael Stone, I think that should be priority number one for, for him because the Rockets bench right now is to me the reason why we are not as good as we should be even as poorly as we played in some of these road games, we all see it. When Alperin Changun and the starters get off the court, most of the time our starters are still, you know, I think last time I checked, they were like the 11th or 12th best rated starting five in the NBA. Once they leave the court and those substitutions start coming in, everything falls off a cliff. And that's a big problem. Uh, it's a big problem because you actually have a viable team, in my opinion, and to have a bench lineup that features uh, players that all, are all defensive focused is is great because our defensive ratings are high. But some of the, the the second lineups are just nasty. I've seen lineups with guys like Tate out there on the court with Aaron Holiday, with uh, with Tari uh, and Jeff Green, with a maybe Jalen Green out there. All the guys who are not doing great on offense right now. You can't win in the NBA with just off of grit and grind anymore. It's an offensive league and. You know, if you're a high-powered offense, all you have to be is a average defense uh, to win. And but if you're a elite defense and you have a middle of the pack offense, it's going to be really, really hard. The margins are very thin. So I'm addressing the backup big situation. I think that's number one. The Rockets can't do anything without Alperin Sengun. I think getting a, another big that would be a screener uh, for our guards to create space for uh, Fred Van Vliet who cannot generate his own space for Jalen Green, surprisingly, who cannot generate his own space for some of those small guards we have. Get us another big that gives us a different look. And on a defensive end, a guy that can rebound. I also think we need to add shooting. So I'm looking at some bench shooting out there. I think our starting five is fine. But give me shooters off the bench that are able to add some some spacing in that second lineup. So if I want to feature Jalen or, or Shangun out there, there's actually something they could play towards. Because running a two-man game and kicking the ball out to Tate is a dead end in my opinion. And I think the the most important thing right now, along with the big man, is we need another guard that can handle the rock. Jalen, as much as we all hope he will be that second guard, he's not ready for that. And I, I haven't seen any indications that he's actually improved in his ball handling. In fact, it seems like his ball handling is reverted. I don't know if he's he's uh, t having a hard time translating to email Doka's system, but He's not fulfilling that role of being that that second guard that's going to be, you know, with the twos. So give me a guy that could maybe Jalen could play off ball 
or if you're going to put him on ball, um, give me a guy that could help help slow him down and pace him like Fred does with the starting starting five when he's not feeling it. So that would be the first thing uh, I want to fix is, is our bench step because I actually feel the Rockets are showing signs of a team that's viable. Not saying we're going to win a championship, but I think you don't want to waste years of young guys getting real experience and being in a winning situation. Now, I would hate for us to be a 30-win team because we have a bad roster, and that's on Rafael Stone. Well, you packed a lot into into your yeah. first one, and and I've got like 14 different ways to go for it. <laughs> uh, first of all, um, you want a big that can, you know, roll to the basket that's good defensively. Maybe they could shoot a little yeah. bit. Maybe, yeah. Rebound, shoot, yeah. So. Brooke Lopez. You want Brooke Lopez. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. think that's the that's the funny thing is Rafael Stone went out there and tried to get that guy. And the thing is, I know a lot of people say go out and get that guy. The problem it's is I go around yeah. the I go around the NBA and they're way harder to find than you think. I think a lot of people want Clint Capella, but Clint Capella is not the Clint Capella of five years ago. He is now a declining player, and he's also expensive. And if you're the Rockets, I don't know if you want or can afford to bring in a guy that's making a ton of money and say, okay, we need you to do this. And you're going to be coming off the bench and you might only get 20 minutes and some nights you might get 10 minutes. So I think on that issue that you said, I would love for them to find that guy, but I've looked around. It's a lot easier said than done. The problem is there's so many teams in competing right now for the playoffs. There's not all the tanking that we usually see. There's not all the bottom dwellers. It's hard to find those particular guys because you don't have as many people that want to trade. Because if they have a guy like that, Frank, the issue They're is they don't want to trade for him. And and the thing with the the guy that can shoot off the bench, again, Rafael Stone had that guy. His name was Kevin Porter. And we can go through the Kevin Porter mess all we want to. But at least you and I both agreed that he wouldn't be a bad guy off the bench before the season started. And then that thing fell apart. And when that falls apart before, right before the season, it's hard to go out and make that particular trade immediately. Now you're stuck because teams, you've got to wait a few months because if they sign yeah. somebody, you got to wait till that period. People want to find out what they have because they've already like set everything else up. So that's difficult. My issue with the bench right now is the Fred Van Vliet getting 40 minutes a game. And, and that's way, way, way too much for Fred Van Vliet, Frank. But the problem is that you've got Aaron Holiday that's fine, but it seems like everything goes to crap when Van Vliet's not I mean I think Van Vliet everybody's talking about Shane Goon's the most valuable rocket right now I'm of the belief that Fred Van Vliet is actually the most valuable rocket because it seems like you cannot take him off the court or it's an issue so I don't know how to fix this because you're 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 kind of stuck and I think they also want to leave they've been wanting to leave room the last month to see what you actually have with Amen Thompson like what can he bring can he bring can he be the third guy now he's he's I think Rockets fans think, oh, he comes back in. Well, that solves your bench problems. But your bench problems also have to do with points. You need points. And Ahmed yeah. Thompson can't shoot. It's going to be a long time before he can shoot. It's going to be a long time before he's going to be a good scorer. I think he's going to help your your defense at the guard position coming off the bench, Frank. But that's the problem. I, I would love to fix all that as a genie for you, but it's hard. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with uh, everything you said, except as far as the big man, I don't think there's a player that will provide all of that. I'm actually okay with just give me at least, if you're going to give me a stretch big, that's fine. But I, I would even take a guy that can't shoot. You know, I know we, I've heard of get names like Daniel Gafford, 
over in Washington. I think a player of that archetype, just giving you a different look. I think most importantly, just rebounding. The Rockets are giving up a lot of second chance points to a lot of teams, and it's really hurting our defense. To me, having a big man that could screen a roll gives gives those the Amen Thompsons, Jalen Green to a lesser extent, even Fred, another player that's not Alpern Shangoon that creates space for them, which is what we lack. We don't have a player right now on our team that could go get their own shot without getting a screen, which is a very important skill set to have in the NBA. You would expect Jalen to be that player, but his his skill set hasn't reached that point yet. You know, I'm getting a little worried. Is is when is that that leap going to come for him to be our the guy that the Rockets need him to be? Because I think one of the biggest holes we have right now is his ability to score on a consistent basis. I'm okay with him, you know, showing flashes, but you can't keep flashing three, four, five years into your career. Then people are just going to say you're inconsistent. So there is a big hole there, and I think uh, having another mini kind of Shangun two man game that's not Shangun, so he could rest and play, not play 39 minutes a game along with Fred playing 40s minute a game. I think would be helpful, and I do agree with you. I think Fred is very important, but I just think Fred also relies heavily on Alpern Shangun because when Shangun is not on the court with him, he is not very good because he has the issue that I'm describing of trying to generate his own shots, and that's not Fred's Fred's game. Um, so I think, you know, Stone, like you said, Kevin Porter, he tried to get, but hey, this is the NBA. He's competing against other general managers. I know they can't do anything till all these contracts are aggregated, uh, you know, mid-December. Then teams start making moves. You want to wait to see, you know, even the buyout mar- market gets closer as you get closer to the deadline. All that happens, and you can start making some moves and seeing what falls off of teams, but... Um, I would hate for this season to be wasted because we're relying on the men Thompson and Cam Whitmore to do stuff. Uh, that's not a to me a, a recipe for a team that's trying to make a play in our playoffs. Yeah, two two things on the rebounding. Number one, Tari Eason has either not played or he's been limited. He's one of your best rebounders. He yeah. was incredible last year. Uh, he still hasn't played, I think, more than twenty minutes. I'm of the belief. He needs to be bumped up to 25 or 30 minutes. And I know that coach is going to see some things that he does that are stupid. But every time <laughs> I look at the box score at the end of the night, Tari Eason's plus. in the plus. Like, yep. it's unbelievable that he's leading. I think he's leading the team right now in plus minus. And it's not like we've been playing well over it. We're, we're under yeah, 500 I, I, since he's I think been back. He, he might lead the NBA. I'm not, a, I'm not even joking. I think uh, for a certain minutes of players, I think he might be either uh, one or two or three in NBA and plus minus. Amen Thompson's going to help you with rebounding too, because you don't have any rebounding at the guard position. Fred Van Vliet, for all that he does do, he's terrible rebounder for a guard. Jalen Green's been bad as a, as a guard rebounder. He's been better this year. He's He's been better lately. Yeah. Yeah. He's raised his rebound rate to one, but Oh, you know, he, for his athleticism and for everything, you know, I've, this has been a complaint of mine for a long time. He probably should have eight or 10 if you're out there for 30 minutes and you're Jalen Green athlete or whatever. But I'm in and um, Tari Eason definitely can help you in those in those scenarios. And I just feel like a lot of the stuff that's happening with the Rockets being too small and getting out rebounded has been the lack of Tari. And because I wanted to see Tari 30 minutes a game, the the issue that the Rockets will always have with Shangoon and Jabari Smith is. I don't think either one of them are ever going to be plus bigs for rebounding. They, they have they have physical limitations that and and also instinctual limitations. Their instincts aren't always great when it comes to rebounding. And you've got to have one of those two things 
in, in your bag as far as elements of being a great rebounder. Um, I think Jabari's going to get better because, you know, he'll get better as the years, bigger as the years go go forward. Shangun's just got to get better at boxing out and stuff like that. That's stuff that you can do yeah. to help you out on the margins. But I think Tarice and just his instincts are incredible. And Amen Thompson, his athleticism and instincts are also incredible. And I think those two are going to help. I, I'm sure you agree. With, let's go to number two. Let's go to your second thing that you think, as as the genie would give you a wish, what, what would be, be your number two deal? My number two thing would be uh, the Rockets' offensive play style. Right now, I, I feel like they are running way too many pick and rolls. And when there's, to me, a lot more diversity that they could use in the offense, especially um, not only with Alperin Shangun, and I know they're very heavily relying on those actions because they're trying to maximize what Fred can do, what Alperin can do, and even uh, Jalen also runs a lot of pick and rolls with Alp. But I'd like to see more Jabari Smith being involved in two-man game with Alperin Shangun, Jabari Smith being used out of the post. Um, you know, one of the great developments from this season is Jabari's ability to actually hit that little mid-range turnaround jumper he has. And it seems like it's coming around to being very consistent for him. And I feel like the Rockets need to exploit that. And Emil Doka alluded to this. I'm, I forgot where I saw the interview, but where he said that he he understands that they may have to play inside out, even though it's an old school philosophy. You just have to do what you have. And right now on the perimeter, the Rockets don't have any elite perimeter players. Your Two of your best offensive players are are bigs, right? Shangun and right now Jabari Smith. In that case, I would try to force the issue by using Jabari and Shangun as interior hubs to get generate uh, offense. We already know what Shangun could do when he gets in the post. Teams start doubling. Um, the Rockets need to play off of that. They're still lazy in their off-ball movement when he's posting up. Seems like the same thing that we suffered under Steven Silas. I'd like to see more creativity on the off-ball actions, whether it's screening and cutting while he's posting up and then get Jabari mismatches, get him more mismatches and make that intentional so that we could exploit his height over smaller players. And the fact that he's shooting damn near, I, I forgot when I checked, it was like mid fifties from the mid range. That's a way to not have him just standing out there as a, just a catch and shoot guy. Um, so use, use that more and let the guards play off of that. And this leads into my third thing, but I'm not going to say it now, but I just feel like we're, we are too perimeter oriented when the talent isn't there right now, if Udoka is going to be true to his word, then I do expect them to go more interior and then generate out. And for Rockets fans, if you're old enough, you've seen that before with Hakeem Olajuwon. You can win, in, to me, in any era playing because the purpose of generating good offense is generating a double team, right? Skewing the defense enough where you can have them commit an extra player to your offensive player and then from there, cause the, the breakdown of the defense. It doesn't matter where you get it from, whether it's from James Harden attacking the post or it's Steph Curry drawing guys out to the three-point line where they're trapping him or a big man posting up and just killing you. We see other teams do it. I mean, elite bigs like uh, Embiid, Jokic, and all these other guys. Hey, use the tools you have, play inside, kick it out, and just add that wrinkle. You could still run half pick and rolls, but we are entirely too pick and roll dependent, in my opinion. So I'd love them to focus more on our front court and generate out of there than uh, on, on all these uh, backcourt plays and letting Jalen and Fred just, just chuck up shots. Yeah, Frank, it's been a complaint of mine. I've said it. I talked about it with Ben DuBose last week. It's, it's a real bone of contention with me that Jabari Smith, when they go to Shane Goon's out of the lineup, Jabari Smith should be in the post. He's yeah. money in the mid range. 
Um, you look at his shooting percentage. It's, I mean, it's so much better. It's exactly what you want from him. You know, you, of course, you would always want it to be better, but shooting whatever, 36, 37% from three, 50% from the field. And it just dumbfounds me that, you know, Jalen Green's picked second, and then they treat him like, like oh, year after year after year, like he right. can screw up as many times as he wants. He can miss as many shots in a row. He can foul up you know, pick and rolls. He can foul up one-on-ones. He can do all, all these mistakes, but Jabari doesn't get that opportunity. Like Jabari should be getting the ball. Jabari Smith. And let me make this very clear to anybody that's listening, Frank, and feel free to disagree with me. He is going to be a much more efficient player when all is said and done to Jalen Green. You're going to want him to shoot the ball more than Jalen Green when all is said and done. And Jabari Smith, does not have a dip, any difficulty getting his shot off. I know people think, well, he doesn't have these moves and athleticism, but he's six foot eleven and he's got a high release. There's not the issue. Jalen Green has got to work his tail off just to get a shot up. And and until I don't understand how the Rockets don't see the fact that like like you have to develop Jabari Smith just as much as you have to develop Jalen Green. He should not be an afterthought. I'm not going to fully agree as far as the, uh, I mean, I kind of, I do agree, actually. Um, I think just by Jabari's play style, he is going to be more efficient, right? Because um, like you, you've seen it before, the power forward role, whether it's, uh, you know, guys like Rasheed Wallace and, uh, or some of these Kevin Garnett, all these big forwards, they're just efficient. That's what they do because they're tall. It's, they get to their spots and there's really not much you could do to stop them. And the league has gone away from that style of play. They won't stretch everything, but, uh, you know, it's just like fashion. Everything comes back around. And I feel like for Jabari and and there's a lot of guys that are coming back in the league at that kind of mid post um, area that they could work out of. I think that as he gets bigger, stronger, that post up gets more effective where he can punish all sorts of players. He's made a big step this year for me. Last year, we've seen guys like Steph Curry push him off his spot. I think Udoka working with him has shown that showing him that you're too big to be playing that small that he's using his frame and his body better in the post this year. It's really good for me to see the development I've seen. I actually, I've never really worried about his offense. My thing was his defense. That's what I've been disappointed in this year, and he's picking that up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I totally agree. I feel like, and if you want, I can tell you my, my third point right now. Yeah, yeah, go ahead with the, the tight end. They need to decrease Jalen's role and increase Jabari's. And what I mean by that is what you you kind of just stole it from me. I think that, they are prioritizing Jalen's development to the detriment of the team at this point. I feel like he is at a level where he's shown he's not ready for that mantle to be the number one offensive option on a team that's trying to win games. And that is perfectly fine for a young guard. He's 21 years old. That is, I'm perfectly okay with that. What I'm not perfectly okay with is the Rock is um, jeopardizing their entire team for that sake. That's something a tanking team would do. We're not tanking anymore. So at this point, there are other players out there. You have champions in Fred Van Vliet out there. You have up and rising stars in Alperen Shangoon, other high draft picks that need development in Jabari Smith. They need to kind of scale back Jalen's role and treat him like he's actually playing right now. And I think that if I had a hierarchy of, of offensive um, priority, number one is Shangoon because I think he is by and large our best player. Fred may be our most important. I think uh, Shangoon is our best player right now and the way you use a a big man is not that he gets 30 shots a game but he should touch the ball because he's your hub 
Number two is going to be two, uh, two A and two B. I think Jalen and Jabari should have the same amount of reps, same opportunities um, to be able to initiate out of their offensive styles. And I just feel like Jalen, we're too much Jalen right now. I know Doka's trying to get him going. I get the politics behind a number two pick, but like you said, Jabari's a number three pick. So he should get the same priority in the offensive system as a Jalen Green because right now the way they're grooming him is like he's going to be a role player, which he very well may be. But I also want to know what does he look like on higher usage? And I've come around to this. I, I At first, when he was playing bad, I was like, okay, you don't have to force him to take more shots if he's playing bad. When a guy starts feeling it, give him the shots. Give him the shots. Let's see. He went four for seven, I think, in the last game. I want to see Jabari. Give him 15 shots. Let's see what happens. You know, give him 20 shots. Let's see what happens. If he goes four for 20, okay, then you can scale back. But we don't know right now because he doesn't have the opportunity. And if I if I was a coach, I, I'm, I'm really scaling back on Jalen Green and giving uh, Jabari Smith some of those reps. But you might just unlock a different level of your team's offense by doing that. Yeah, to me, the biggest crime of Udoka so far is that Jabari Smith has half an attempt more per game than Dylan Brooks. And my one of my arguments for, was I had no problem with the Dylan Brooks deal is he's going he's gonna to work with uh, Udoka, and Udoka is going to say, all right, we brought you here, but these three guys need to get shots because they're young, and we think they're the future, and we think they've got an incredible upside. We love what you do. You do the defense stuff. You do when you're open. I want you to shoot. At the beginning of the year, he was taking a lot of shots, and I got it because the other guys were finding yeah. their way. It's gotten better. It's gotten yeah. better with that. It has. The, the unfortunate part to that, though, just a side note, is that his defense has not been good at all recently. Dylan Brooks has been bad defensively. I don't know what's happened with the fouls. Early in his career, you would see the foul per game up, and 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 it had gone down over the years. He was, I think, a, closer to three and a half or four last year, but that's gone up. That's a whole other story. But but Dylan Brooks's defense, you know, as the shots have gone down, his defense isn't, in, in, and that concerns me. Like, can you stay engaged defensively without thinking that you can just take every shot? And Jabari is, you know, there. There, there are times where I just want to kill him because Shangun's not on the court, Frank. He's not on the court. Jabari's on the court, and they've got him stuck in the P.J. Tucker corner. And I'm like, who who do you think is the offense on this team if Shangun's not on the floor? It's not one-on-one Fred Van Vliet. It's not <laughs> Jalen Green because sometimes Jalen Green isn't even on the floor when this stuff is going on. So, you know, and and – and I'm sorry, I've kind of rehashed this because I've talked about this in another show, but, you know, that that's one of the big issues for me is like Udoka said, when he came in, guys were going to be held accountable. Well, you know, Jalen Green doesn't seem to be held accountable. And then when Jabari gets better, there's no reward for him of like, hey, you deserve more shots because we're seeing you're getting better defensively. You're getting better offensively. And I'm disappointed. Now it's it's a short span, and I'm going to give yeah. Udoka some more time. Yeah. But this is Stephen Silas stuff for me. This is Stephen Silas cr- crime right now. I would give him more time. One thing I, I've seen about Ime is that he's he does he pivots fairly quickly. Maybe we see things a little faster as fans that watch the games, and obviously the coaches 
they don't react. Um, they, they, you know, most coaches won't make a drastic change in their game plan or what they want to do just because of, you know, five games or six games. I think as Jabari shows more consistency, those touches will come. But Emil Doka is, is an old school coach. He's going to lean on his vets a lot. For the young guys, you just have to prove to him beyond a reasonable doubt. The Jalen Green thing, I think, is more of a – he understands. and I, They need Jalen terribly. Like, he is one of the few players on our team that has the athletic ability to get a paint touch whenever he wants. It's just that the mental aggression isn't there and his skill set doesn't allow him to do so all the time. But they need him because we don't have a lot of guys like that on the roster. Most of our players are utility players or their skill. Not a lot of just great athletes that could uh, break down the defense. And when Jalen plays passively, it really does kind of mess up our offense. So I think Udoka's playing the long game with that because I don't think he's as worried about Jabari Smith as he is about Jalen. And I understand that. I'm not worried about Jabari. I know Jabari's going to be fine. He's made of the right mental stuff. I have never questioned Jabari's mental makeup. Now, his skill, yes, he was bad last year. He struggles a, a lot of things. But at some point, just the way he's mentally built, you know the kid is going to learn. And he wants to to be great. And he puts in the work and blah, blah, blah. For Jalen, I don't know. There's some games where I'm like, man, does this guy really want it? So I don't know what Yudoka sees. But I think they're trying to nudge him into that role. So it does look like he's getting a little favoritism. I guarantee you, sir, if this trend for Jalen continues, I, I, I will see you will see him start to decrease in the features on the team because you can't reconcile those two things with winning games. And I know Udoka is all about winning, but he's also a coach that's trying to develop players. So in the short term, I think you'll see this and I think it's the right move. I, I'm with you. Yeah, I would just, you know, Jalen, you're going to sit down because you're but I think that he's trying to push him to a spot where he's able to get the best out of him in the long term. I think Jalen gets this year to do that the whole season. If he comes back next year doing the same thing, then I think the Rockets are going to move on as far as feeds. They might not trade him or anything, but he's not going to be the guy you bank on. Maybe you start grooming a Cam Whitmore or you go out and go get a veteran scorer that could play that two-guard role and give you a real two-man game with Alperin Shangun that's that's more efficient, uh, that's going to generate higher points and, and leverage Shangun's skill set. Because right now, Jalen's just not delivering. And I'm not moved by the outburst of 30-point games here and there. That's cool, man. He was doing that his his rookie year. That's fine. We're at the point where I just need him to, to do his job on a night-to-night basis. If you can't do your job on a night-to-night basis, then you're just streaky. And in the NBA, streaky won't get you paid. So And, and, um, and look, look, Frank, do they need him? Because they just drafted a guy that basically is Jalen Green, but he already looks better potentially defensively. And I know he's got to learn rotations and he's got to learn all that stuff, but physically he's bigger. He's, you know, he gets steals. He has better instincts like to get lanes and do that. He's, he can handle switches better because of his size and and, and the way his body shape is. And he can rebound better. You know, we know we we've seen Cam Whitmore. He's not afraid to get in there and rebound. Unlike Jalen, he's not afraid to, uh, you know, get his hands on on basketballs and and cause turnovers and and be active in lanes and stuff like that. Jalen doing a little bit more, but still, like he's he's way behind the eight ball three years into his into yeah. his existence. Will he be better at finishing than Jalen? Right now, it's not hard to be better at finishing than Jalen. Jalen's terrible at finishing. Jalen, you know, we we've gone through it ad nauseum, but the guy refuses to do a floater. 
And he thinks that <laughs> the only way I can go in there is make one of these like crazy layups, you know, over two guys or try to dunk it in some guy's face that he ends up getting blocked or hit the rim a lot of the time too. And, you know, everybody on, on the certain uh, social media app gets excited and they throw up a shot when he makes one of those dunks. But, you know, doing that once every 10 games, just it's not good enough. You know, it, the, the, when you're not finishing well around, you're one of the worst guys at finishing around the basket. So, you know, Frank, you know, I, I trust that Udoka is seeing something where he's scared to put Cam Whitmore out there. But it's harder and harder for me to say that Cam Whitmore isn't a better option when Jalen is doing the stuff that he does on a, on a game. And, and really, when, when we have road games, Frank, can Cam really be worse than Jalen than road Jalen? Road Jalen Green's terrible. Yeah, I, I can't argue that point. They do need Jalen. We've invested too much not to to pivot this early. And it might be a political answer, but I think you have to do your due diligence um, as a franchise to make sure that he has every opportunity to show that he can take that mantle in the long term. Because once again, you look in that draft, there's other players you could have drafted. Not even that. You've given him the developmental capital that could have went to other players at his position and on the team. So the Rockets kind of want him to succeed and I'm with them. Like if Jalen Green succeeds as a player, we are all better for it. And I love the two man chemistry him and Shangoon have. So there's something there. My biggest issue with him is not even the weaknesses he has right now. It's just the the mental approach to like the road thing, like his passivity in certain games, how he disappears in certain moments during the game. It does make me question his long-term like makeup as a player. But with Cam Whitmore, I agree. I'm with you. Like, I think next year Cam is going to be right on his tail. I don't see why Cam is not playing right now. I cannot lie and say that there's a re. I don't know why he doesn't play because to me. Five minutes. Give me five minutes. Yeah, just even, to see what even, he does. Yeah. Yeah. I think even just seeing whether he's going to. Uh, I mean, we're getting we're losing some games. Like if you're going to bring in Jacques Landale, hell, I mean, that. Cam's definitely, if Jock Lando can see first quarter minutes this season, then I think Cam Whitmore can too. So I'm not sure what the Udoka's thing is is there. I don't know if he's scared to open that genie up because if, if if Cam comes in and has a good game, man, it's going to really start a narrative within the fan base. I, I, what, I don't what, know. What if Jalen needs that? He, he might need yeah, a no, guy I agree. on his butt. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm all, I'm all for it. Like, I, I think that right now there's no competition at his position. Shangun either, but... To, to me, it's just that's a that two guard spot is a big gaping hole in our on our team right now because that's your score and we just don't have that being filled right now by anybody. We don't have any two guards on the roster that can come in and give you buckets. Like we don't have any bucket getters uh, at that position, and it, it's going to be an issue for the Rockets. And that might maybe something they need to look at in, in getting in uh, in free agency this summer or by trade uh, as early as as this season. Yeah, I just want everybody out there that says, well, yeah, but Jalen had Silas for the last three years. And Jalen, you know, he came out of the G League and Jalen, you know, never had a direction and Jalen's never had any this or, you know. Um, Alperin Shangoon was drafted the same time that Jalen Green was. Alperin Shangoon had two years of Steven Silas. We've seen Alperin Shangoon develop. We've seen him every single year as PER has gone up. His percentages have gone up. His numbers have gone up. His IQ has gone up. He learns. He develops. He gets better. Why can't Jalen Green do that? 
What's the difference? And and guess what? Those guys are the same. They're, don't tell me about his age. Don't tell me about yeah. Steven Silas. Don't tell me yeah. all that stuff. It's the they both were in the same pool. And one guy got to the deep end and the other guy is still dog paddling in three feet. It's just unreal. Yeah, it's it's going to be a, I mean, that's going to be a story storyline going forward for the Rockets is Jalen's performance. And once again, like he might go out and drop 40 points. I, I really don't care at this point. I just want consistency out of him. I think that's where we're at with Jalen Green is can you just do your job on a night to night basis? And his job isn't to be this 30 point per game scorer is just. Make your shots, make your open shots, hustle on defense, rebound, make the right reads you're supposed to make, and just be a good player on a team that's trying to win games. And I think that's really where he needs to get to. Mentally, I'm concerned about his mental approach to basketball. Like you said, the progression on the reads has been kind of delayed. His aggression and want to on the offensive side for a guy that's a scorer, usually if you have a scorer, you don't have to tell him, go get a bucket. Like, those guys there, you got to tell them scale back. And the fact that you have to encourage Jalen to go score is kind of weird to me, really, because, uh, you know, even guys that are coming off the bench, they try to compare him to uh, players like um, what's the kid over in in, U- in uh, Utah that came from the Lakers. He's a Filipino, too. Uh, whoever his name is, uh, they try to compare them to. But he can score like he can score off. The, he can score off the bench. He can do he can go get a bucket. Uh, Jalen is just an anomaly to me as a player. And. I really don't understand what goes on in his mind, but I think a lot of his issues are mental. It's like people compare Jalen to Devin Booker. Devin Booker is a player that is a son of an NBA player. He's not a great athlete. What he does, though, is he can get a bucket in the post. He can play off the glass. Devin Booker can finish. He can shoot. He can hit his open shots. He can come off screens. And he was doing that as a rookie. Those comparisons really fall through because Jalen lacks a lot of skills. And it's it's going to be interesting to see how Udoka kind of tries to um, – push the the right buttons with these players I know he he has a plan for all of them and but for Jalen being the highest pick the Rockets have he's just gonna have more capital and that's okay with me like let him work it out and if he can't work it out then you lowball him on a contract and just hope that he can be a contributor to your team and if he does develop into that star player or becomes that shooting guard that's a starter level that's actually a near all-star all-star then you've won if he doesn't, then you have Cam Whitmore, you have Amen Thompson, and you have other players. You have you're going to have cap space once Fred Van Vliet and uh, you know not Dylan Brooks is guaranteed, but you have you have the ability to go get other players. You have so, some picks are going to be available. So right now, the best thing for the Rockets, Robert, is that Alperen Sengun is flashing the way he is, because to me that buffers Jalen Green's up or down a little bit. If if Jalen Green turns out to be not the player we thought he was, your 16th pick actually hit. So that helps you out. So you're not taking a major loss out of that draft class. I think Jabari Smith is going to be something. So I still think the Rockets are in a good position, uh, regardless of what happens with Jalen, because of Alperen Sengun's emergence as a near all-star player, as a 21-year-old. What's your favorite stuff that you put up on Rockets chapter? I know you had a whole thing. Like, I'm sure that people can go over and just get an extended idea of what's hey, going yeah. on with Jalen. I know you did that, but is there anything else that uh, you're going to tell people about? We had just like you just said, the Jalen thing, just kind of kind of talking about some of my concerns about him and asking the question, should we be worried or concerned about his play? If I had a concern meter on a scale of 10, I'll be at a six right now for him. We have the OKC game coming up. I'm going to break that down. Hopefully get a win there. And then uh, I'm going to, you know, in the break that the Rockets have this extended break for the uh, in-season tournament. I'll do a deep dive on Alperen Sengun and just to look at some of the areas he's improved on this season. I think Rockets fans 
should I know uh, Jalen and all this stuff gets a lot of the air in the room, but we are literally watching one of our young guys emerge as a star in the NBA. I know Alperin has a lot of limitations in different aspects of his game, but what you're seeing from him on a, on a nightly basis is not normal. And I, I want people to really understand what you're watching, that it is something special happening. And he's only 21. He might not get taller, but he's going to get smarter. He's going to have more experience. So what does that look like as a 23, 24, 25 year old that has five, six years in the NBA? What does that look like after three, four summers of working out in Santa Barbara, California and locking yourself in the gym like he said he did on the on the Paul, uh, Paul George interview? What does five years of that look like when you build, when Jabari is better, when you bring in actual shooters around him? So I just want fans to really focus on that because I feel like it's not getting an, enough love from the fan base. People are too busy um, bickering about uh, potential defensive liabilities when they're in the championship game. Let's just get to the play-in first before we get all there. But I, I'm really excited about his development and Jabari's and even Jalen's going forward. I think we're in a good spot. Sounds great. Looking forward to some more good stuff, some more good development from the Rockets. And I guess I'll be watching some of these play. Hey, they've suckered me into these in-season nah, tournament games. Good, games. Man. You're tripping. Those were good. Those yeah. were some exciting games last night. Yeah. Yeah, that Halliburton stuff is real. Like, he's legit. And that yeah. was incredible stuff. Uh, thanks so much for doing this, Frank. All right, no problem, brother. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, don't forget to support us by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about us and share our show links on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.